Welcome to the SBS Tour de France podcast. It's sponsored by Zwift, which gives you a new way to compete without traffic or punches getting in your way. Zwift is an online community of cyclists around the world coming together to train and race virtually. Climb mountains, climb the leaderboards, or go for KOMs or QOMs. Loads of riders in the pro peloton use Zwift to train their way to the top, and you can too. Visit Zwift.com to get in on the action. Bonjour, 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 and welcome to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast for the Tour de France 2018. And before we start, uh, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to our podcast from our website, sbs.com.au slash cyclingcentralmaca. How are you doing? We are now officially in Brittany. It's good, isn't it? It's great to be here, and the weather is good. What a fantastic start. We've said it every day, but each day the sun keeps coming out. Oh, it's just nice to escape some Melbourne winter, I must say. There is a legend in, uh, in France that said that Brittany is uh, the shower of France where there is basically, it's always raining. So far, so good. I know. My racing days, I used to hate racing in Brittany because it was just grey, gloomy. And even in summer, we'd have these massive downpours. We haven't had it. Touch wood, cross the fingers, arms and legs, the whole lot. And, and for the riders' sake as well. And you know what? Everyone working on the event, I think everyone's just happier when the sun's out. Day five, uh, stage uh, between Lorient and Quimper, two very typical Brittany town for an unusual stage today. Yeah, it was. It was, um, you know, it was it was a mini Amstel Gold. That that was sort of what we expected, and that's what we got. And it all came in the back half of the stage, didn't it? With the climbs, I think four or five categorised climbs. Nothing big, nothing bigger than a category three, but lumpy roads, not super smooth all the time, narrow. It was tough, and of course Sagan. That takes, the, that, takes the, that takes the stage at the end. That was almost written. You know what? I like it because there was a few media people, outlets saying, oh, not criticising him, but questioning his form, saying the team's time trial, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't looking good. I'm like, come off it. They, they expect too much from him. He's not here to win team's time trials. He would have saved his legs. He knows what he's here to do. He's here to win the green and stages. So today he backed that up. And I don't know why people said that, because he was good on the flat stages, beating most of the pure sprinters. It's only Gaviria that's got the better of him. Clearly, those people are not listening to our podcast because we've been mentioning Sagan pretty much every day. And we've been uh, analysing this team title, thinking he's probably saved his legs, as you say, and he's probably saved his team as well. And you know what? I think one other bloke with the initials of LA, he hasn't been listening to us either because he was saying the same. We won't, we won't go there anymore. <laughs> yeah, and no swear words as well. <laughs> and the sprint as well, because I tipped Van Avermaet to, uh, to be at a pointy end. He didn't win, but quite interesting that the yellow jersey at 500 metres, 400 metres was leading that sprint. Yes, look, we expected that, but you know what else? In our little tipping comp, and I'll, I'll say it on the pod, I picked DeMar last night. I obviously didn't do my homework enough on the finish, and when I drove in here and looked at the last kilometre, I went, well, that's me, I'm going to be coming last in the comp today. So it was a really tough finish. It did suit the likes of um, Greg Van Avermaet, Sagan, Gilbert, Alaphilippe, all those guys with those characteristics. And then the other, the other story of the day was the GC contenders. They raced that hard into that final kilometre. Sky were the ones who sort of took control a little bit or tried to. They wrestled control more so. They flew into the final K. It all went uphill to the finish line. And at the end of the day, it was status quo, null and void. No one gained any time from the GC guys and no one lost any time. 
So now we've reset the dials again for Murder Bhutan. They could have all raced, they could have all ridden in two by two and said, let's just race up the climb at the end. But of course that doesn't happen. You mentioned Alaphilippe and Gilbert. Why did those two guys didn't ride together? I think because they, no, well, I think they rode, they rode a smart race. I think if I was a team director, I would have agreed with what they did. Gilbert went at the base. He went as hard as he could. And he's got this acceleration and he can go one kilometre out. That's how he won his world championship. And, and in fact, it was a bit more than that. It was 1.8 kilometres out. So today, that was what he had to do. And Phil, Alaphilippe just had to follow. And then if they do bring Gilbert back, Alaphilippe's got that chance to, to be the second prong attack. Um, I think he just didn't have the legs in the end and the pace was hard. So, and Van Avermaet did a little bit of the chasing. He was marking as well. And he was marking Gilbert because he was a danger man to take the yellow. So Van Avermaet, obviously, wanted to keep the yellow today. BMC, I know we have a, a particular soft eye for, for BMC. Uh, the yellow with Van Avermaet. Where's Richie? What's happening with Richie? All good with him. All good. He uh, he rode a good race. Uh, we couldn't see him. I couldn't see him on the coverage in that last kilometre. You know, it was really hard to spot the riders and it was crazy, frenetic. But he crossed the line. He was on time. He was happy. And they were asking when he crossed the line, have they kept the yellow? So that, that was really interesting for them because they, you know, they're here to win the bike race. That's what they're here to do. They're here to put Richie on the podium, first and foremost, and shoot for yellow in Paris. But today, they were determined to defend that yellow. Sorry to interrupt you, Dave, but look who's coming. Hey, hey, hey it's Sir himself, Sir Dave Brailsford. Exactly. Hey, Dave. How are you guys uh, trailing so far? How, how was the day for you at the Sky? A very good day, I think. Uh, you know, it's a bit up and down, twisty, turny, technical. And uh, the last final, you know, when it came onto the narrow road, went onto the wide road, pretty clear as to how we wanted to uh, remain on the front basically and the guys did a, you know executed up fantastically it wasn't easy um shows it shows that showed me today that they're going well and i think it's probably one of the best uh, team uh team kind of technical finishes or team performance on a technical finish that we've done for a long time you know i don't think you can get much better than what they did today and see Gianni and uh, egan the two youngsters who are making their debut in this tour Uh, both there right to the bitter end and, and Egan leading Chris onto the final climb there. That's, um, that takes some doing for a, for a 20-21-year-old, so uh, that was very pleasing. few days in, how's, how's the atmosphere in the team? Good, yeah, yeah. No, we, 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 enjoy, our, we enjoy coming to, to France. You know, we, um, we race, obviously, you know, with Paris-Nice and, uh, and Dauphiné in the Tour. Every year we come here and, and, and enjoy racing. We've, we've had a lot of success in those three races. And, uh, and we enjoy it and look forward to it. And of course, there's, there's the expected tensions and the performance kind of anxieties that you always get. But uh, that's why we, we love racing and that's why we're here. It looks like Mur de Bretagne, from our point of view, we think it's going to uh, start putting some, some time differences between the, uh, the teams and the GC riders. Is that your vision as well? Is that the target of the, the stage tomorrow? Well, I think, I think um, you know, there's, it's a more of a pure physical test than it is a technical test. So... You know, the climb itself is relatively straightforward in terms of it, you know, it's pretty much a straight line. Um, so if they race hard from the bottom, then potentially we'll see who's got the legs and who hasn't. You know, it'll be a first little glimpse in, or insight into where everybody's at. So uh, it's pretty exciting, looking forward to it. The role of Garan Thomas seems to be a lot more mature this year. He's so close from, uh, from the yellow jersey. Can you explain to us uh, and, and the listeners here that what is the role of Garan Thomas here and, and how it changed probably over the years? Well, I think he's, he's um, obviously Chris has won the won the event uh, many times, and he's uh, just come off the back of winning the you know the Welter and the Giro in succession, and um, merits the leadership position that he's got. But I think Geraint's performance now is, like you say, I think the maturing and um, is a very good word. 
and uh, the um, the level of his performance now is one which um, you know means that he's uh, he's he has a protected status in the team as well. You know, and I think he's migrated towards that over the years. And one last question. England against Croatia. Are you guys going to watch it? What's the atmosphere? Is there a bit of excitement or not? Are you kidding me? Of course we're going to watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but what about if there's a final France against England? That's what I want. Is that what you guys are looking for as well? Absolutely. Yeah, let's get... Let's, well, one game at a time, as they like to say in football. It's uh, very British. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, no, I think uh, Gareth South, Southgate's a good friend. I texted him earlier. And um, he's done a terrific job, and, and I just uh, fingers crossed, and I'm sure I'm sure they'll be right. Actually, I think I think they win. And one last question: uh, the the pavé. We've been as the media looking at that stage, number nine, the pavé, as one of the big uh, big one that could decide. Is that have you also pinpointed that stage? I think everybody has. You know, it's it's one where there's probably the biggest element of um, uh, not luck, but there's a biggest kind of you know if things could go wrong, that's the, that's the stage where everybody expects that that to happen, and. And I think the challenge is going to be, you know, the very first time they go into that first cobble section, it narrows down, and that is going to be incredible. I think that's where it's going to it's going to be quite it's super fast, goes very very narrow, and that's going to be the big pinch point, I think. And then uh, then we'll see how we get on. Thank you. It was lovely talking to you. Thank you very much. So from uh, from one Dave to another, uh, Dave Bradford. Thank you for joining the podcast, Dave Mackenzie Maka. Uh, Interesting comments uh, from uh, Dev Bracewood. Yeah, it's always very measured. And look, he no, he's handles himself well, doesn't he? And it, he has to. And he's had plenty of practice. So, yeah, interesting discussing Froome and Garrett Thomas as well. I'm interested in that because I think Garrett Thomas can win a Grand Tour one day. And I think it's in their interests to protect him at the moment. Are we seeing a to maybe a lesser extent how Froome rose to the to the leadership at Sky when Bradley Wiggins was there? Froome was almost better than uh, uh, than Bradley Wiggins. I'm not saying Garen Thomas is better than Froome, but it seems that the wheel is turning. And if anything happens to Froome, Plan B is actually called Garen Thomas. I think it. Yeah. Yes, you're right, and you're right. You're not you're not comparing him to Froome or to Wiggins, and, and he's not because he's a different type of rider because he can really race the classics well. Although so could Bradley Wiggins. I mean, he had a crack at Paris Roubaix, didn't he? But we know, we all know what Garrett Thomas is capable of. He's very versatile, and it would be silly for Team Sky to use him up early and lose time. Have him as a plan B. I think it was one or two years ago he was in fifth place with about five days to go in the Tour de France, and he just absolutely cracked on one of the stages but you know it, it's it can work well can't it if you can have a plan b in team sky right at the pointy end with four or five days to go you got to tax up the road Garrett he can he can mark those attacks Froome doesn't have to chase everything and if Garrett Thomas is ahead of some of those other rivals like Richie Port for example he just needs to follow Richie Port because then if he gets a free drag to the line he goes in the yellow jersey so yeah, it's, it's a smart tactic by Sky, but they also have to know when to pull the trigger and say, right, G, you're on the front. It's now because it's danger. It's a danger time and you have to go to the front and we've got to expend you. Yeah, absolutely. That's very interesting. I wonder who their plan C is actually now. Plan C? Gee, I don't think they have one. No, they don't need one, do they? <laughs> they've, got, they've got a strong team. <laughs> absolutely. Hey, look who's coming. All-round uh, Zwift legend, actually. All-round legend, Matthew Heyman. How are you doing, Matthew? Uh, yeah, not too bad. Yeah, how's, how's that, uh, this tour shaping for you so far? Yeah, look, uh, we came in uh, expecting big things in the first two days. It was a bit of a letdown with uh, some... We crashed and had a bit of a loss of time on the first day. Um, you know, uh, but it was good to get back and do a really solid ride in the time trial. And today we had no issues, so no one, uh, you know, no one crashed. We didn't lose any time, so, uh, you know, 
let's let's keep going in that vein. Your role around the, around the team, you know, you you're you're the diesel engine, you're the, the massive engine for this team. Uh, the the fact that the team changed target to a, a more of a GC target, does that change your role within this team? Oh yeah, big time. Um, you know, the team has evolved over the years. It started out with a lot of sprinters. Um, targeting really kind of being opportunistic going in breaks winning uphill sprints um, and and this year we you know just definitely focusing on the GC but that's something that's happened over the last few years with with Esteban Chavez followed on by by the Yates brothers and it's just a different way of riding you have to be kind of you can there's a chance to chill out sometimes but you have to be a little bit more on every day and and definitely a final like today um, the last 25k you know, always making decisions about uh, how close to the front you need to be to avoid crashes, yet uh, trying to save energy for the mountain stages. How much communication is going between you and, and Adam Yates? I mean, in terms of your role, how much sort of coaching are you giving him due to your experience? Some of it's, some of it's uh, subliminal, some of it's, you know, through body language, and then, yeah, we do actually talk together, and um, we're not always on the same page. Um, sometimes I'm pulling in one direction, he's pulling in another, but, uh, you know, we find a happy medium between what I think's best uh, and, and what he's actually willing to do. So, um, yeah, it's it's a stressful day for everybody. And, and, and I think, you know, the riders keep saying it, but people don't really realise. And, and, and I'm sure, you know, some people might see the television think it was a bit of a parade. But, uh, you know, inside that bunch, uh, there's a reason those guys are crashing at 5k to go and, and uh, super stressful, super nervous. There's, you know, the noise, you get back to the hotel, your ears are ringing um, after a day like today. Okay, we've been talking a lot on the podcast about Stage 9, Roubaix. It's a place you know by heart. Uh, what, what does that mean for you as a rider to go to, go to Roubaix? Lots of the pavés. I know it's a completely different race. Uh, but you as a rider, there's always a little piece of your heart somewhere in Roubaix. Yeah, for sure. Even when uh, we went there to do the recon, for me, it's special to ride on those stones. And, um, you know, my, my you know... If everything's equal by that time, I'll still be riding for Adam. And, 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 but like a lot of the other Classics riders, will be riding for a GC rider there. So it'll be a total different race to what we're, uh, as, as it's raced in Roubaix. But uh, special, really nice. Um, I like it. But yeah, also the right amount of uh, nervousness for it. You know, it needs to be respected and, and it's going to be a very hard day. And there's a pressure on me to perform on that day uh, for the team. So... And then one last question. We I said an introduction. You're you're all round classic on on Zwift. How much Zwifting are you doing on 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 the during the tour? During the tour, during the tour, not too much. Um, I have done it on the rest day before, but uh, no. Like in the lead up, I did. Uh, I was at an altitude training camp, and sometimes we're doing some sessions in the evening, and and it's still something. Can you know you go through phases. Uh, you know, living in Belgium sometimes at the start of the year, the weather's poor, and then, you know, things like preparing for the tour, not only was it a way to do an interval session in the evening, doing double sessions, just throwing other stimulus at the body, and even some heat adaption for, uh, for uh, France uh, in July, you know, doing a swift session was great for the, for the heat adaption. Thank you, Mathieu. It's always a pleasure to have you in the podcast. Thank you very much. That was uh, Matthew Heyman uh, in the Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Uh, Maka, it's time to, uh, to go to a little break. You're sticking around. You're not going anywhere, are you? I am sticking right here. No, we've still got to dissect all of this stage and more. Don't go anywhere. So here's indoor training before Zwift. You're alone in a dark basement, staring at a wall or watching TV reruns. Indoor training after Zwift, 
You're climbing epic mountains in Watopia. You're racing through the streets of London or sprinting through an Italian village. The world is virtual, but the watts are real. And so is the competition. With hundreds of group rides and workouts every day, you've always got friends to keep your motivation high and friends to chase. Get seven days free at Zwift.com. Welcome back to the Zwift SBS Cycling Central podcast all the way from France. Uh, Dave, uh, we are back here to talk about what's coming up tonight. What's coming up tonight is Mur de Bretagne. Oh, we are excited about this one, aren't we? And twice. I know, I know. How good's that? I mean, in the past, uh, well, the Tour de France's that I've covered, I think twice we've been up at in the race, and but they've only finished on it once and only gone up at once. This time, two times. It's a short loop. They go around, they go up at once. And then bang, finish line at the top. To remind our listeners, it was the stage that Cadell Evans won uh, back in 2010 when he won the Tour de France. He beat Alberto Contador on that occasion. I think Alexis Villamoz has won there as well previously. So it's a tough stage. Cancel out all sprinters. I would say cancel out Peter Sagan. I don't think he'll be able to go with the real punchy riders like Julian Alaphilippe. And I mentioned his name first because I would think he is the favourite for a day like that but twice up the tactics will change a little bit and it will bet what it will do it will split the race apart let's look at the the, the whole race because before Mio de Bretagne it's a bit windy and then there's a category three and then a cat four yeah look I don't think the early part of the race will change much you'll get the usual breakaway go early break and Peloton. maybe even Chavanel again? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, well, no, no, no. off you go. No, it's not Sebastian. That's his brother. Yeah. Sylvain, Sylvain, off you go, mate. Uh, no, you will. You'll get the breakaway, and then they'll bring them back. They'll bring. Them, well, you'd think they will. You think they'll bring the break back because the GC guys and their teams, BMC, Team Sky, this is actually where they really show their first card. You know, the, the, those super domestiques. What will Geraint Thomas do? Will he play support role? Will it be Mikhail Kwiatkowski who, who really launches it for Team Sky? And then for BMC, the question mark I have, will Greg Van Avermaet sacrifice? Will he sacrifice for TJ and for Richie? Yeah, because as you mentioned, they've already won there with Cadell. So there's a bit of experience in, in, in that uh, thing. Do you think this is, like you mentioned, it's, they, are, they are putting their first card in. That's the f one of many. Do you really see something happening tonight? We could see a few little time gaps. I don't think a lot, but this, these, the last two times that I've seen come up here, it splits. I mean, it splits down to seven or eight riders. Now, it might be a gap, to, it might be a gap of 20 seconds back to 40, 30, 40 riders, but it splits. There is significant splits. So you've only got to be on a slightly off day, whether it's, you know, Chris Froome having a slightly off day, Tom Dumoulin, or even, you know, our very own Richie Port, And you can lose valuable seconds. Or if you're having a great day, you can gain valuable seconds. So it's a really crucial stage. And it's crucial in the fact that it's only a two-kilometre climb, but it's very steep in sections. And I think we get a real idea of who's got good legs leading into the second and third week. I believe you've done a piece on uh, on this Mur de Bretagne. How tactical is the fact that you're now going to have to do it twice? Where do you attack? You attack the last time. You don't attack the first time over unless you're, you know, you're a second tier sort of rider looking for a stage when not thinking of general classification. Um, you know, someone like Phil Gilbert, he's the perfect, or even Julian Alaphilippe. But even Alaphilippe, he's good enough. I think he should wait for the last time because he can match the general classament riders. 
Phil Gilbert, I don't think so. I think he needs to go at his very best. He could, but I don't think he's at his very best. So he needs to jump early. And there's a few other riders that probably need to do that as well. So what that will do is make it very hard. And you, and again, I'll emphasise, you'll get Team Sky BMC that will set a super hard tempo because they'll just want to keep their guys out of trouble because it's it'll bunch up. Uh, they go through a little village, literally at the base of the climb, and it, you know narrow roads once again. So you've really got to be in position. So altogether, a great stage in front of us. A great stage. Gee, how serious are we? We haven't, we've barely joked at all so far on this pod. The race must be getting serious. Oh, we are getting tired. Uh, yeah, a bit of both. I think a bit of both. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you, uh, Mackay. It was a pleasure to have you in the podcast again. I'm loving it, and let's keep this show rolling on. Absolutely. Uh, thank you for tuning in. This was the uh, Zwift Cycling Central podcast all the way from France, uh, all the way from Brittany. Remember, you can download, stream or subscribe to our podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash cycling central. Until tomorrow, it's bye for now. The SBS podcast brings you daily recaps of the Tour de France and Zwift brings you even closer to the pros. Zwift, our sponsor, turned indoor training into a full-on experience. Cyclists around the world log on to train, socialise and race virtually. You'll even see plenty of tour riders hopping on Zwift on their rest days, meaning you could be riding shoulder to shoulder with some of the world's greats, which is awesome. Ride and climb in Zwift without ever leaving your home. It's a great thing to do while you're watching the tour. So start Zwifting with a free seven-day trial at Zwift.com.